0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's up? Good morning, everyone. It's a great day. Today's a family conversation. Can we, can we kind of like get by the campfire or maybe your family is like um, me? Can we get on the floor or at the dinner table? Like it's like just a hodgepodge. So the kids one time... Uh, I remember Josh came over wherever he's at, and he's like, dude, it's like a dog like eating like, from a trough. Because like, the twins are on the ground. We just literally put their placemat on the ground, and they just like lay there and just throw stuff everywhere. I, I'm so grateful when we built where we live. It's a duplex. I'm so grateful that we put wood floors down because there's just food everywhere, and it's awesome. And then you just sweep it, and it's fine. But if it was carpet, I mean carpet's kind of nasty. Anyone ever had that demo done by somebody with like a Kirby vacuum or something? And you just feel like your house is the most disgusting thing in the world. And then your buddy has to call the person to the extra manager. And then the manager is just going to go all in of why you need those six payments. And it's, Hey, it's fine. I'll do it today for 45 for you. I'm like, Hey, I can't do 45. Hey, it's fine. If you want your house contaminated. And (laughs) that's what he was telling me one time. Anyways, that is not in my note. I love you guys. I'm just I want to have a family conversation because it's so important for where we're going. Where we're going is right around the new year, we have uh, Love the City Week right after Labor Day where we are going to be investing in the city in a very profound, powerful way. We believe when it says, Matthew, uh, and in Jeremiah 29, 7 and 8, when it says, Seek the welfare of the city, and in the city's welfare, you'll find your welfare. So the essence there is you need the city, and the city needs you. Too often we think like we're coming into paratroop and we're just going to like love the city. it's amazing because they need me. But actually you need the city. The city is, is a place where you actually got to grow. You got to get connected because in it is the essence of where God wants to go. Hold on. I got to get my password right. Yes. So family convo. Last week we talked about having a clean heart. And how God doesn't care what you look like, what you came in, what you dress, how much money you have, what clothes you can. He's looking right to the source. And it's kind of scary and convicting. Because if he's going to see your, everything that's going on with you, he knows your thoughts. He knows your values. He knows your desires. He knows your insecurities. But he's so beautiful that he says, I see you in your most ugly state. And I give you my full life. And there we've become into the family of God. So this today is about people that are already in the family of God. I'm just gonna real quick give an introduction. If you're not in the family of God, simply here's what this means is this. Sin separates you from God. That our issues and our mistakes separate us from a holy, perfect God. And since we're guilty, he loves us so much, the only payment could be himself. So he actually sends his son, manifested in the form of a human, understands our likeness, our pains, our sufferings, literally suffers for us, takes the wrath, takes the punishment we deserve, and then that is how we find freedom through faith. And then we, that's so it's really good. That's like, like we need the gospel all the time. Uh, we don't graduate the gospel; like we need it every day. That's the whole purpose of gathering on a Sunday: is to recalibrate us, is to celebrate of what this new life means, to be excited, to rejoice when we sing, "Rejoice in the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul." It means that God has given us a new life, a new heart, and we are fully complete, fully known and we have full identity in Christ. So I would just invite you to to find you know find yourself where you're at and just give your life to Jesus because He is worth that type of transition and He is not about a building He's not about religious experiences He is about you encountering Him in a profound radical way. Love God, love people. As we fast forward into Labor Day, when we're gonna be we're gonna try to raise twenty thousand dollars to go love the city. We're gonna buy backpacks for kids, do back to school stuff. We're gonna go to laundromats and love on people, buy people's groceries. We're going to find ourselves cleaning parks. We're going to be doing outreaches, food for people, all in a tangible way, telling them that they belong right where they're at. So we're going to be the church and go to them because that is what church should feel like and be like. This is just a gathering, like a rally. This is to get us on mission for what we're actually supposed to do, which is daily, daily investing in our spheres of influence in our regions, that we're living the gospel where life exists and in that time in that week, that first, it's going to get right before our birthday. We're going to turn one, y'all, okay? We're gonna, City Life's going to turn one. We're not one yet. We're going to turn one. And it's going to be awesome. Like if you were here for Easter and just turning up and having a lot of fun. But here's what could happen. We could see this shiny. We could see the things that we're doing. And what could breed is legalism. Is that somehow we think that doing may, makes us a part of the family. And somehow if somebody's not doing, that they aren't in the family when everyone's gonna have a different measure of faithfulness of what commitment level they can you know, give and then also volunteer with. And we have to start to the very core, the origin, the basics. When a baseball player is in a hitting slump, they just start hitting back off a tee. Basketball players, you don't see all the and one videos in the game, it's the basics. When you're building a skyscraper, I'm, sh- I'm sure happy that they put a lot of attention into the foundation. So we need a clean heart and we need a clean house. And when we say clean house, I'm talking about us the body of Christ, the family of Christ here at City Life. We're going to turn to Revelation chapter two. Revelation is a book that is typically used only for end times prophecy, and it creates movies, it creates a lot of fear, it creates a lot of weird uh, type of um, dialogue, let's just say that to say the least. So, A lot of times we're like, man, I want to read the Bible, I want to start in Revelation. Just don't. Like for real. And even if you've known the Bible for a really long time, there's, there's some guys that have written commentary on so many books of the Bible, they haven't written commentary on Revelation because of how, um, just how the imagery is, is, is just so complex and what it means. But there's a Bible that I read, it's the Gospel Transformation Bible, and I love it because the commentary in it is how the Gospels wove through the book of Revelation, And so when you read it with a gospel-centered perspective, meaning that what does God care about his kids? What does God say about his kids? What's it gonna look like in an eternal home with his kids? And then who really wins? So a lot of times we live in fear, we're operating in fear because we're, we're, we start to believe that somehow that things are conditional here and that's how we can make it better so we can have heaven now. I mean, we already have heaven now. It's in our hearts. It's gonna be fully manifested when the king comes back. And there's gonna be a lot of turmoil until then, okay? There's just gonna be a lot of crazy wars, a lot of crazy issues. There's gonna be a lot of governments that you can't really put your hope in. And so every post that we're posting, we're gonna talk about that more um, right after our birthday, right? Going into the election. But we're gonna hopefully calibrate the body of Christ because is our hope in a leader or is our hope in the leader that's gonna come back and rule, right? And so that it, it's, it's real because what happens is we come to the table. This is what happens. We come to the table subjective. We're like, God should fit in my box. Well, I feel, I think. I love God because he gives us his word because he's trying to adjust us in his likeness in who he is. When you spend time with somebody, you learn their likes and their interests. So in Revelation, he's trying to teach us something about him because he loves his kids. And so if he loves his kids, then we can trust him with his words. And his words of people that saw Jesus, not just people that felt like they had to, but they got to. They walk with Jesus, been tested through time. So just want to invite you into that type of family conversation right now. Revelation 2, it says this. I know your works. This is writing to the church in Ephesus, your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And have found them to be false. It's pretty good. I know you are enduringly, patiently, enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake. These people are dominating. And you have not grown weary. If it ended there, we'd be like, church is awesome. Here's what it says. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And it continues. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. There's judgments that are poured out to the churches first, that's why we got a clean house. It starts with us. A lot of times we want the world to model Jesus. They're made in his image, the image of God, but we as followers have the plan, have the GPS, have every, like we are the representation of God's love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his commerce to a fallen world. And so when he's saying, correcting us or he's even encouraging us It's always to bring us back to him so that we would be close with him and that we would shine in the way he wants to shine to people. So the word repent isn't a bad thing. It's to bring us back to a place with him and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, this is us today, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. We all want this in part, which is the paradise of God. The paradise God comes with a serious cost and serious stakes. We have to be on guard and there's a warning here for us today. There's a warning for that church and the prophecy that they're forgetting the very thing that sustained them, the very thing that gave them the power to do the works, the very thing that made them beautiful was their first love. I've sat down with so many people now um, in 14 years of walking with Jesus, ups and downs in my life, ups and downs in their lives. And what I found is it doesn't matter if you're 50, it doesn't matter if you're 60, it doesn't matter if you're 22. Almost every single person struggles with this basic, uh, this, this basic premise of identity. Like they just never graduate love. Almost everything comes back to this point of security. Do they really believe the gospel? Do they really believe they're loved? It's like, "Oh, well, well, let's talk about the roof of the house. Let's talk about what the outside looks like. I'm gonna, I got to get a couch and well, all these external things or all these issues that we have in our life, but it really comes back to that core point. Like, what's the foundation? Do we believe we're loved?" And if this church is getting corrected, I think that it's so important for us before we start to go do shiny things. of we're like, look at the city, let us rise and let us build and let us go and let us champion and let us do something great for the glory of God. That we would say, no, what is great for the glory of God first starts with us. It starts with our hearts and it starts with our house, us right here. I love that um, the heart that you see all these lines together. When I was worshiping there, I just, I kept seeing those lines just connect. To be weird, but I just kept seeing those lines connect. I felt like the Holy Spirit was trying to connect all of our hearts and really pierce us and knit us together. And that sometimes can hurt. It can hurt because love hurts. It's painful. We have insecurities of what we think about with family. We think that this, Love idea can be this cheesy, euphoric thing we say, but it's actually really hard to live and it's impossible to perfect on our own. But it's been perfected through Jesus and we are complete in his freedom and therefore our institution looks completely different. And now in John 13, when he says something like this, check this out, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. If it ends there, we start, okay, that's what I have to do. Thank you, master. Just as I have loved you. This is very familiar to the audience that would hear this. The audience, when they hear this, they would say, wait, love your neighbor. Like, I already know that one. I love him or her. I do stuff for them. And if they're mean to me, I'm mean back to them maybe. It's kind of like eye for an eye with conditional standards. I just go to the, I go to the, you know, temple, tabernacle. I confess my sins. I bring offerings. I'm having issues. And it's just kind of messy because this side of eternity is going to be really messy. And that's okay. But is it? When Jesus comes and steps on the scene, he makes us all uncomfortable because he raises the bar so ridiculous. He raises the bar that we empty our lives out. We're, we're, we're broken. And to, to understand the gospel, there's just no, there's no easy way for it. Just like there's no easy way for family. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. Like the stakes are really high. Judgment is really real. As I have loved you, you also to love one another. And by this, this is the response. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love starts with us, the church, aka the ecclesia, which is a body of people. If you've been at City Life here for the last 10 months, we've been just trying to deconstruct this idea that church is a building so bad. We're portable on purpose for purpose. Sometimes people look at me like, oh, I hope you get a building, little buddy. And I'm like, I actually, I'm afraid if we get a building too soon. Because if we got a building too soon, what starts to happen is that we think our hope is in the building. And next, next thing you know, most of our efforts go to a building to provide and thrive in a building all week long. And yes, it provides some great benefits. The pro list is, is, is really long. But the con list is really, really long too. You can forget your first love you can start to think that it's in the things and not the source. And I think that's what happened in the church of Ephesus, is that they were doing good things. They were doing the, the work of the gospel. They were, they were saying, okay, that isn't sound teaching. This is sound teaching. But in the process of doing a lot of stuff, they just missed what it was all about. It was all about just Jesus. Like it's all just about Jesus. And I have to remind myself that often when we're planning and we're trying to get everything ready. And, and I see, uh, you know, I love, I love you guys, uh, everyone, and we, we, you know, in the back and in the front, and we try to think, okay, what's the best way to get us close together? We try to put up the little yellow things. And then, and then we realize as people come, the yellow things are going to come down. That's fine. And that's just part of the process. We want to get us really close-knit. And we know in Michigan our tendency is to be a little bit like this, right? Like, just give me my space. We were down in the south, and I was. We were going through the a church plant assess, assessment. One of the things they sat us down with, they were like, "You gotta just remember, when you're in the south, it's not the north, it's not the Midwest. You guys are really like tough, and uh, and you just come off as a little tough." And I, I was like putting on my happiest south face. I was like trying to, you know, Chick Fil A it out. Seriously. I remember just thinking, I remember thinking, these people are so weird. Like, they're just so happy-go-lucky. Like, how you doing, brother? Can I, can I get you guys something? What's your wife's nice name? Oh, that's so pretty. And I was like, dude, like, we're, I just met you. Where y'all playing a church at? That's great. That's great. We got Chick-fil-A coming for lunch. We want to make sure you guys got extra Chick-fil-A sauce. Anyways, I remember being really uncomfortable. Um, what was I even saying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, but when I was thinking about the building and us and all of us, and I'm often reminded before service and the planning, it really doesn't matter if I get this wrong. If I get this wrong, like that's why sometimes I will just sit somewhere because I want to worship with you guys too. We're in this thing together and Jesus is our leader and he's given leaders for the profit of his kingdom in a very concentrated local area on purpose. Because just like great families, you've seen a family you ever wanted to be like? They seem like they want to spend a lot of time together. Right? They spend a lot of time together. We want that. Well, what happens is they have something in common. They have likes and interests, but radical love. And they spend a lot of time. So they're in a, they're in a dense place. Their proximity is close. And that's pivotal for the existence. And God knew that too. That's why he's writing to local churches. So sometimes we can think that we don't need this, we need this. We need a family. I wanna invite you into the family today. We need the family. And in the family, there's gonna be times when we don't wanna trust. It's gonna be very difficult. Jesus tells us that first we must focus on the household of faith, and that he, just a few paragraphs earlier, in that to love one another as I have loved you, he's washing the disciples' feet So that would be the lowest job in the person's house to wash the feet. And in the same setting is Judas, who's gonna betray Jesus for some money that's selfish. And here's God in the flesh washing feet, who's selfless. And our sin can so easily connect to Judas. And we have to be loved by the one who's washing our feet. And we start to change our perspective and we start to unravel. And I apologize today for everyone that's been hurt um, in the family and doesn't want to trust anymore. The analogy I I get is, is just because you sat in a class and you thought one teacher was bad, does that mean every teacher is bad? And if you've dated some person and you had a really bad experience, does that mean no relationship will ever work? Of course not. And too often, I think, first, as, as, a, as a family, we are hypocrites because we're not remembering our first love. We're hypocrites, and we get this bad rap. Well, of course, we're always going to have issues, but I think we have more issues because we don't self-examine first and say, God, what do you want? We do a lot of this, like, I'm saved, but I rule. I'm saved, but I rule. Like, I get it. This is where I go. I make decisions. Instead of stopping and saying, hey, what do you say? where do I go? How do you want to lead me? You're a great shepherd. Everything I've ever done in my own power leads to just empty vein, statues and buildings and things that we get applause. But when I find myself unraveling, I find out that family, though it's hard and though we want to a la carte it, we want to look at it just like a reunion. Like I'll just come every once in a while. I don't really have to connect and I don't really have to go to the next level. You know, there is grace if you never want to just get fully, fully knitted. God is with you the whole time and I, we love you. But just know this. God's best. We wouldn't really love you if we didn't tell you that God's best. He wants you in a family and he wants you really close. He wants it messy. And it's going to be really hard. Because when it's really hard you're going to be confronted with your issues. I've heard it said marriage isn't to complete you. It's actually to show you where your sin is at. It's like to show you what areas you need to develop in Christ so that when I want to get angry and Crystal doesn't want to communicate it's not that so she should communicate it's actually so that I could go to the cross and say wow I've learned I have some anger issues and so what happens is over the years as I'm at the cross she's at the cross too and then it's beautiful and that's how you love one another because you can't love one another in your own power. You can't love one another in your own strength. You can't even love one another like a checklist. And you can't love them. And some, are, some of us are really tough to love and we wonder why no one wants to love us. It's because we're constantly hoping somebody would chase us and our expectation list is so long, it's ridiculous. And no one can chase us enough because no one knows your list and no one's supposed to read it. And, and God's saying, I wanna be your source and I actually want to send you to start loving people. And what happens is those relationships are typically fostered in a way of community. Those people normally have the deepest relationships. And transparently, though I would love to be in community with every single person, this is community for for me. This is what it looks like. And I recognize I'm only going to be able to be in community with a handful of people like on a daily basis, So the filter I see is, okay, God and my family and then the most immediate family and leaders that God's called me to invest with and then the church family and then every extended relationship I can have and that's exactly how Jesus was living it. It was those that do the will of the Father because they had it in common. In the book of Acts, when Jesus shows up so radically and then the response is so bold and people are selling everything, they're giving all their possessions and they're funding the movement and they're all excited, they're meeting together daily, they're praying, they're fellowshipping, and God's adding to the number. That's the part some people love. It's It's like, it's gonna be big and churches should be growing and it's great, but here's the truth. They had everything in common and what was in common was they were loved by Christ. That's why they wanted to get together. That's why they wanted to give things. And so though that I might not spend an enormous amount of time with every single one of us, we can spend an enormous amount of time with somebody. And we got to lean in and find out how do we get closer to a 12 setting, like disciples. How do we get closer to like the three setting where Jesus had a few favorites, even in the midst of that. Sometimes we're mad that there's a favorite. Why is he a favorite? And I want, them, I want to pull them back down, right? Like, why is he a favorite? I want to pull them down with me. Misery loves company. So, caref- so carefully I choose my friends. It's in the song Dreamer. You can get that, check it out. It's like written from the depths of my soul. I'm a dreamer. The depths, because I recognize that sometimes misery does love company, and I've been that guy at times. We should rejoice with those rejoice. Love also looks like crying with those who are crying, weeping. Mourning with those who are mourning. Celebrating. There's a difference when, oh, it must be nice. Let's not love one another. Must be nice. You got some new, whatever, must be nice, right? And then there's the other side where it's like, good for you. You can feel the difference when somebody says that. Sometimes I feel like I can't tell people certain things because you ever felt like this, that if you tell them, they're either gonna pull you down or they're gonna really encourage and you just feel like you're constantly battling these expectations. When we're in Christ. Let's rejoice. Some are going to have more. Some are going to have less. But we come from the same daddy. Some are going to be way better looking and taller, and some aren't. They're going to be smaller like me. It's just going to happen. Come on. Know who you are in Jesus. Right? Know who you are in Jesus. It's really good. It's so good. It's the thing that can just set your life ablaze. It can set your whole life ablaze. In Hebrews 4, it says that... They were not united by faith with those who listened. And there was a warning and there was a correction going on, just to be aware. And they didn't enter their eternal rest. And it was referencing the, the, the children of Israel who wandered with Moses, more than a movie, but a real scenario. That they wandered in the wilderness, or in, in, in the desert forever. And they wandered there. And that because of their disobedience and they didn't listen, that they didn't enter the rest, but that we can enter the rest with Jesus, but we have to be united in faith. We will be the least offended people on the planet. I love that. Josh shared this when we were in a, um, uh, a pre-launch meeting for the church, and we were thinking about like, the essence of city life and the DNA and what we're about, and this is one of the things we, we grabbed onto. We also grabbed on other things, that we would be peacemakers we will love when others don't want to. We will run to situations that are tough. We will see dead things and believe that they can come alive. We'll see broken areas in the worst places. We'll pick up the newspaper. We'll see somebody was shot and killed, and we'll believe that God can do something in that family's life. We will. I'm that's for real. Like, that's what we believe. We'll drive by some areas in the city. We'll start to see that they're a little, you know, it's getting a little crazy. I mean, there's a little bit, there's like there's different type of shops popping up everywhere. Like, right, there's more than McDonald's of them now. I mean, it's just different, right? It's a different part of the time now. Wow, there's bars and clubs. There wants to be a casino. It's like, Wow, I love it. Be where the wild things are. That's what Jesus loves. And I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's scary. And no one wants to take their kids around it. But hey, check it out. Like we have a kingdom in a home that is beyond this place. And, and, and since we have that, and since we're loved by a king that is so superior and so ultimate, that we can say this. We will be the least offended people on the planet. We will assume the best. Because if you take an offense and you get offended, right? What happens is you'll build a fence, Trinity used to say this, we'll build a fence. And come on, if you're on the fence or you build a fence, like your groin's gonna hurt or you just can't see everything, okay? So get off the fence, quit building your fence, knock it down. Love again, trust again. Find joy in it all again. Find what rooted. Because love says this, I see your flaws and I'm staying. Love one another. That's why we're so afraid is somebody's gonna see our flaws. The body of Christ is a place that we cover, that we heal, we correct, we rebuke, we exhort. And we find ourselves in the rhythm of what that looks like. And it's pretty cool because love covers a multitude of sins. And it's an amazing thing because we all will have moments in our life when we need this. We need somebody to say this. And it shouldn't take us to have to uproot and to go somewhere and meet all new people because somebody's going to love us again. Can we just be the bride of Christ and love people through it and find ourselves leading people to a place that is so profitable because everyone is going to be growing at a different stage and come to the cross with different issues. Some are going to come to the cross as serious, as serious criminals and some are going to come to the cross as the biggest issue they had was that they did everything good and they forgot to go to church. Like that is kind of how it happens. But both people are going to see their need for Jesus and they're going to see that it's major. We're going to close with these type of thoughts here. And I want you to think about the word unite. They weren't united in their faith. And so they couldn't hear God and they didn't enter rest. We named the Wednesday midweek for the next four weeks. We came in a room at the Robin Theater and it was so hot. They're going to turn on the AC earlier. There was like 85 of us in there sweating, but singing and praising and talking deeper and just uniting Not united in our own power, but united in Christ. And that's why we chose the power lines. Because when we're all connected, the power can go through us. And something supernatural can happen when we're united. It's amazing. And united first starts in our hearts. It starts in our prayers. It's just our posture. It's just how we approach things. So I want to invite you. This is one of the greatest ways that you can start to connect with this. To love one another. Just get around one another. So there's a Wednesday and... Man, find a, find a, find a sitter, do something. Like get there, get there early, six o'clock. It's gonna be powerful. This Wednesday, it's gonna be special. We have something in store that's gonna exercise this message right when you walk through the door. Your family needs to see you on fire. Your family needs to see you connected to Jesus. Your family needs to find, your kids need to find yourself um, when you are, when you're like in, they don't need to see you take them to the ballgame. They also need to enter your room when you're, when you're praying. Your family needs to see you connected. And here's the major key to all this. Here's what love one another looks like this. Because we aren't Jesus, but we do have Jesus's strength. So we have his power in us. And he says, we'll do greater things. So just eliminate that uh, rebuttal that says, well, I can't do this. And say, you know what? I can't do this, but you can do it through me. So it changes. Philippians 2, check this out. So there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. God prayed that you and I would be one as he and the father are one. Jesus prayed that him and the father are one, that we would be one of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Challenging. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Love goes lower and loves greater when we put others higher. It's the essence of it all. That family takes time, that he first loved us. In First John 14, 419, this is where all the power comes. We love because he first loved us. This is it. This is it, this is like the bottom line. This is how we love, because he first loved us. You can't graduate this, you just can't. Because you can start to do a lot of things and then you're going to find yourself having to get back to this. So let's just sing this song all the time and then we can build on it and we can do very complex things. But as long as we're singing this and we start, we, we're in the middle, we're, 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 we're constantly praying without ceasing and we're, we're rooted and we're given, and we're doing acts of service and kindness and we're doing all these things that everyone loves in, the, in, in Christ. But then sometimes like the litmus test is you're around somebody, you're like this person, I don't even want to be around, they don't love me. And sometimes you don't want to be around them because maybe they have supernatural love, but you're intimidated because you want to love the things of the world. Be free on either side today. Be free on either side today. He first loved us, He loved us first, therefore. Therefore. So since He loved us, so systematically, we're going, therefore I love one another. It's awesome. But if you love one another to try to aim, please Jesus, it's backwards. It's not grace anymore. Because we are loved to love. And that's where we'll end with that thought. That we are loved to love. Let's pray. God, I pray that this uh, body here, this family here, that you're ultimately leading, I pray that we would be so challenged today to love one another as you've loved us. Inspired. Not grace that is, people would say is cheap grace that leads to disobedience, but actually grace that leads to obedience joyfully. Grace that says, yes, this is so good. I've been set free. He's forgiven me. Like now I want to follow you and worship you and, just my life differently because you know best. God, I pray that you'd heal hearts that really struggle loving one another and they can't even imagine that because they've been so hurt. I pray that that insecurity would just be gone and you'd knit us all together. You'd put us all together. You would do something so great that there'd be new strength, new power, and new passion that comes from you. God, I pray that our love for one another would point to the ultimate. As we put others higher than ourselves, as we find ourselves in humility and we don't want to pursue the selfish desires of our heart, that we would let the Holy Spirit change our hearts. I pray as we do that for one another, as we show up when somebody needs food and as we listen and as we are honest and I pray that that would point to you and they would see our love for each other and how it's so different than the world and they would say there must be a God Jesus must be true because if God is true then all is well and if not this means nothing but God we know you've set us free thank you you are true you're worth it all so breathe that into this body today breathe that into city life today in a powerful way in jesus name amen thanks for listening to the city life lansing podcast loving you and loving the city one life at a time for more information messages and to partner financially go to citylifelansing.com you belong here